Welcome to the Neopolis Podcast. Very warm greetings to you all. I'm your host, Nicholas. Today's topic is seasteads and how they are perfect places for trials of various revolutionary societal paradigms, which may or may not work, or may work only in some specific circumstances. Today we'll focus more specifically on universal basic income. So here we have two concepts which bear explaining. What are seasteads and what is a universal basic income? I will talk more about seasteads in the future, but for now, suffice to say that seasteads are essentially self-governed communities on the ocean. Not natural islands, but artificial floating islands. A more narrow definition is any marine structure used for permanent habitation. I will not be using this narrow definition here, so from now on in this podcast when I say seastead, you have to imagine a community of people living at sea and largely governing themselves. Why at sea, you ask? Well, you'll have to wait for a future episode on seasteading to find out all about it. The sea part is not important in today's discussion. So just forget about it. The relevant point here is that it should be possible to start many seasteads and have many communities of people governing themselves, perhaps very differently from one another. So with this out of the way, what about universal basic income? Or basic income or even UBI for short? Well, you may know that it is an idea recently championed by Andrew Yang in his bid for the US presidency or that it is embraced by a variety of thinkers, ranging from the philosopher Sam Harris to the late economist Milton Friedman. But it is actually a much, much older idea. It was actually put to the ballot box a few years back in Switzerland. It did not pass. But it has been advocated by many people throughout the centuries in various forms and under various names. Citizens' dividend, freedom dividend, negative income tax, proposed by people both on the left and on the right, interestingly enough, with a number of similar schemes that have been proposed to achieve what a UBI is about. So, what is it about? Well, it's all in the name. The idea is to universally, that is to say to everyone, more or less, distribute an income, so money or the means to consume, that takes care of basic needs enough to survive. Universal distribution of income to take care of basic needs. Universal basic income, UBI. Now, to be clear, what this means is that society, through one mechanism or another, would distribute to more or less everyone enough to guarantee their survival, automatically, without any requirement to do anything, whether work or otherwise. Typically, this is taken to mean that the government specifically would automatically send enough money to every citizen to buy what the average citizen needs to survive. You know, enough to pay rent, buy food, those kinds of things. Unfortunately, there are many ways to skin that cat. Does basic mean transportation fees? Mobile network and internet access? Rent for a mansion or a room in a shed house? Rent in New York City or somewhere in Wyoming? Those questions have no universally accepted answer. In fact, it's not even clear who would get what. 
Is it truly universal if children are excluded or get less? What about non-citizen residents of the country? The variations on the idea are endless, but the broad principles remain. So here is the first reason why seasteads are ideal for trialing a UBI. Homogeneity. Seasteads are tiny in comparison to countries. Proposed seasteads range from a few dozen people to a few thousands. Not millions, not hundreds of thousands. They cover territory limited to a few floating football fields at most. In that environment, it's much easier to design a UBI which will work roughly the same for everyone, because everyone's circumstances are much more similar to one another's. Now, people are still different. Basic needs for disabled people are still different from those of athletes. But a lot of what makes a national UBI difficult just doesn't apply to seasteads. Everybody rents in the same parts of town because the whole thing's barely the size of a small neighborhood. Everybody uses the same transportation options. Everybody has roughly the same cost of goods and services. This simplifies everything. But hold on a minute, you might want to say. Why can't we just trial a UBI in a given small town somewhere? Same advantages, right? Well, no. And because of the other problems a Seastead UBI can solve. For one, taking a small town somewhere and putting them on a UBI as a test is like putting everybody on a vaccine trial without asking first. The reason people want to test UBI, and the reason it's always been rejected before, is because people worry about its consequences. Nobody wants to be a guinea pig. At least not the people who think it won't work. And you'll be hard-pressed to find a single town where all or even a large majority think that a UBI should be implemented there. Seasteads, on the other hand, start from scratch, with people who move in based on what the Seastead offers, or plans to offer. Like the idea of a UBI? Move to the Seastead. Don't like it? Ignore that Seastead. Seasteads, by nature, offer universal consent. Much more ethical than either random selection of unemployed people or a whole town, or a whole neighborhood. But of course, you might say, sure, but we can ensure that the trial is risk-free to the participants. And in practice, this is what we see in UBI trials. Thanks, Zeus, we've made a lot of ethical progress there, actual guinea pigs notwithstanding. There's safeguards put in place to ensure that income levels don't fall compared to before. Psychological help is sometimes available just in case. The trial is limited in scope and in time. And of course, taxes do not go up for those people or the test community as a whole. So, mostly risk-free, right? And therein lies the problem. Those drinks have been spiked. Of course you feel a buzz. We'll come back to some of those test setup issues. But you cannot test the true effects of UBI on a community if the resources to implement it come from outside this community. One of the main criticisms, or should I say fears, of UBI is whether people will work less, less long, or even less well. Essentially, the effects of UBI on production through labor. There are many arguments going in both directions. 
particularly when taking into consideration unpaid but productive work, which may go up, or better education levels, which may result in better work, or better decisions made by less stressed individuals, or the stimulating effects of generally more consumption, etc., etc. But there's also arguments disputing all of those benefits. And even then, does that compensate for the added incentive to work less, or not to work at all for those easily satisfied? That's of great discussions to be had for sure. But we are not looking for answers in this episode. The economy is a hugely complex system. Nothing will be settled without empirical evidence. You need to put it to the test. A representative test. But how can we hope to get this evidence when trialing UBI in an open system? A system where money comes in from the outside. This is what we've seen in past experiments. Some foundation or national government sets aside a small part of a population or a small town and distributes money. Money which comes from either donations from outside or taxes from outside. This is not how a UBI would actually work in the real world. In the real world, the government would tax all or most citizens in some fashion and then use that to fund a UBI for all. Now, whether this is a flat income tax, a progressive income tax, a property tax, a consumption tax, a corporate profit tax, or just a tax on savings via inflation, or more likely a combination of all of the above, it doesn't matter. The UBI resources to consume for our basic needs must come from some form of wealth redistribution, whether it is called that or some better sounding name. UBI does not create anything itself. Maybe the effects of having a UBI will be positive over time and create more wealth over time. Or maybe the opposite. This is what we want to find out. But the mechanism of UBI itself just moves existing resources around. Take more from some or many people in one form or another, then give a boost to everyone. Some people will end up with more than they started with. And some will have less than before. Redistribution. Wealth transfers. So here, what ought to be tested is how UBI behaves in a closed system, where the same society receives and funds it. Where wealth is not transferred from the outside in, but wholly within the system. In other words, if UBI will eventually be funded by, say, a higher corporate tax rate, we should not be testing whether people will start businesses with tomorrow's UBI and today's corporate tax rate, but whether they will start businesses with tomorrow's UBI and tomorrow's corporate taxes, or whatever other taxes or inflation is used. The same thing is true for work. Will people be discouraged from working if they receive a UBI? Maybe not if nothing else changes, because the money comes from outside. But what if people get a UBI even without working, and income taxes from work go up at the same time? Not so clear. 
Perhaps the same UBI amounts can lead to very different results depending on how it is funded, not just the amount. Maybe work shouldn't be taxed at all, and the funding should come from other sources. But what impact will those other sources have? Or maybe taxes shouldn't exist and some libertarian solution emerges. Yes, some libertarians actually do support UBI. Or maybe income taxes should be even more progressive. Or maybe all of it results in meaningful disincentives to work anyway. Socialist and libertarian seasteads who favor UBI can try their own radically different solutions there. A seastead is a sufficiently closed system. It can ethically decide to create a UBI, invite people to join, and both give them the UBI and the corresponding fiscal burdens or alternative funding mechanisms. Then it can see whether, on net, society is better off or not. A true test. Today, despite the pseudo-tests, we still don't know. And of course, we are starting to see that there are indeed many ways to structure a UBI. Who gets it? What amount is it set at? How's the fiscal burden spread? The seasteading movement is all about letting a thousand new communities bloom. It's a figure of speech, of course, but the idea is that they should be relatively easy to start, so that any motivated group can self-organize and try its own version of a UBI, or any other pet idea, and succeed or fail for all to see. Parallel testing for what UBIs are really likely to be like. Perhaps even with control C-stats. Very similar to one another, but different in just a handful of dimensions. If we indeed have many C-stats on the ocean, we may be able to observe easily comparable natural, ethical, controlled experiments on UBI and other things. Now, there's caveats to that. Seasteads may or may not succeed in implementing some versions of UBI, but no matter the results, positive or negative, it's not clear that the lessons will be applicable outside the seasteads. After all, those nano-societies are, well, nano. It may not scale up easily or not with the same UBI parameters. And the Seastead experiments, by definition, will suffer from selection bias, where participants are naturally more likely to behave according to the community's goals since, well, those goals are the reason they moved to the Seastead in the first place. But I think these are features, not bugs. It will likely reveal what is possible only at smaller scales or when self-governing, intentional communities form around foundational philosophies and truly shared values. Imagine what can be accomplished when all are motivated to push forward in the same direction. There's a number of other limitations in current UBI experiments, which I think are important to keep in mind if Seasteads are going to try that route. Clearly, the amount should be enough to survive. Let's not try a half-hast UBI and use that to claim that a full UBI works. UBI may be dose-dependent, like taking a bit of morphine can be good while taking a lot, not so much. Similarly, 
homeopathy might fail to cure you while an actual dose of the medicine might. So if you want to know what UBI does, study UBI. Not the small and unstable Alaska dividend, for example. And while we're at it, it should be guaranteed to last indefinitely, or until society is on the verge of collapse. Now, this is important, because if it's a two-year experiment, for instance, which is frequently what UBI tests are about, way fewer people will retire from a shitty job at last and tour the country in an RV, or quit a good job to start a risky business, compared to those who would if the income stream is guaranteed for life, as a real UBI is. If it's going to last for just a couple months or years, why make big changes to my life, particularly changes that are hard to reverse, good or bad? If it's a forever stream, well, now we're talking. This again is a case of dose dependence. We do not learn that much from a dose that is very different from the real dose. In fact, we may even learn the wrong things. If things seem to go well on a different dose, this could lead to a false sense of security. If things seem to go poorly on a different dose, this may, on the contrary, be a missed opportunity. You need to try the actual dose at some point. This moment is now perhaps on a seastead near you. Testing UBI on a seastead does not solve the problem by itself. So, while seasteads are great places to try UBI and see how good or how bad of an idea it really is, they still need to structure it properly for the test to be meaningful. If you want to try UBI on a seastead, try the real thing. Be bold, take a stand. That's what seasteads are for anyway. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe and share if you liked it, and if you have any talents you'd like to volunteer, I would love to work with you. Please send an email to nicholas at neopoleis.org.